Hello and welcome to another episode of Below the Fold, where some of the best content is just a scroll away. Let me throw down some introductions. We got Brandon Hassler, founder and CEO of Market Campus. Thank you, Jacob. And Paxton Gray, Director of Marketing Operations at 97th Floor. What's up? And I'm Jacob Perry, Digital Marketing Manager at Vivint Smart Home. Hey, Pax. Yeah. Is it top secret uh, to talk about a 97th Floor rebrand? Um, uh, that weird, that's happening? The reason I ask is, I don't know if it's because I'm in the inside loop, but Wayne in a text message called 97th floor 97. Oh, he always does that. Oh, he's been doing that for years. Like calling it the floor. I've never heard that or seen it. That's not even, that's not even a thing. Oh, well tell me what, tell me what it is. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's just redesigning our website, all our designed assets. Um, we're doing some cool stuff too that I can't talk about and redesigning our logo. But you're staying 97th floor? Yes. Okay. Yep. I bet if 97.com was available and cheap, we would not be staying 97th floor. That's the only reason you're not? I don't know, but that's that's my bet. 97.com, huh? Who owns that? I just searched. It looks like it's one of those... Uh, someone's sitting on someone's it. Someone's just sitting on it. Valuable. I, I. It's so frustrating when I think of like, oh, this would be a cool domain, and then I go to it and it's one of these, and it's like... You're sitting on such a good domain. Why not actually do something with it? I mean, at least put in like a phone number or an email address so someone can buy it from you. Yeah, how do you go about that? You just go through GoDaddy or something? There are, yeah, services that you can use to buy websites like this. Yeah, there's a lot of money in that. I've got a friend who bought digitalsignage.com for $20,000. And he kept a blog on it and wrote on it a few times a week for a few years and sold it for a hundred thousand dollars. Nice. Yeah. So anybody's interested in Utah cleaners.com <laughs> and Utah cleaner.com. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. You guys listen, you could, could do, Brandon? Like you could do 97 dot marketing. Yeah. 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 yeah those go. new top level domains. I don't think have really caught on yet because <clears throat> no. they still feel kind of lame. I mean, like who has a dot IO, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, for those of you who have gone to our website over the last couple of weeks, it's been down uh, because Brandon hasn't been doing his job. <laughs> Just kidding. We are migrating our website to a new server. So for the next few days, it will be offline. You won't be able to see our ugly mugs uh, on the website. We also didn't publish an episode this week. Paxton thought taking his one-year-old son to Disneyland was more important. I still think that. Yeah, it just might be. Possibly. Did we not even release an old episode? Nope. There was nothing. We left the listeners hanging this week. Gave them a week off. Yeah, we gave you a week off. So this week, we're going to double up and uh, uh, release a three-hour episode. Can't wait. Just kidding. It's not going to be three hours. I got stuff to do. But... Uh, in the last two weeks, we've gotten some questions that have been submitted by listeners, and I thought, uh, because I'm the one who manages or monitors our email account, uh, Brandon and Paxton have not seen these questions, 
I thought I'd throw them out and and uh, get a little bit more of an organic um, response. Uh, you guys cool with that? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I, there were there were several that came in. I might not get through them all. Here's the first one. This one comes from a guy named Jared Blend. He says, "How much traffic can I really get from search?" <laughs> it's a lot. <clears throat> So talk through that. When when we talk about search, we're talking about organic traffic. Uh, what's the potential? Because there's always kind of the kind of the argument between paid and search and referral or direct or whatever. How what's the potential for getting traffic in search? Well, it really depends. Obviously, I mean the biggest factor is just your industry and what the search volume around that is. If you're a small taco shop in a little podunk town in Wyoming, you're probably not going to get a ton of search volume just because there's not that many searching versus if you're selling headphones to an international audience, you could be talking about uh, millions of visits from search. So I've noticed that you often use headphones as an example. I love headphones. (laughs) Uh, Why? Everybody knows headphones. It's insanely competitive and... I don't know. I just always go to headphones for some reason. Pax, what do you think? How much traffic can I really get from search? I think the right answer here is a lot. And that's because the search volume for organic typically matches whatever this normal volume would be through other channels in your market. Typically, if people are coming from social a lot or they're coming from other avenues, then they're going to come to the same degree through organic. People are searching for your thing. Now, that's not always true. If you have a brand that is more well-known than the product you're selling, which is rare, then that might not be the case. But typically, if you're selling a well-known product, the volume that you could get in organic traffic if you dominate your SERPs is in line with high levels of traffic for other platforms. Cool. Uh, So I will say that this is a... This is a question that came out of a, a thread, an email thread that I had with Jared. And uh, it wasn't just one single line coming in. By the way, if you want to submit questions <clears throat> for these digital marketing experts to answer, you can email us at inbound at belowthefull.io. Actually, our email is down while our website is down. Hit us up on social. <laughs> so send it through Twitter, probably would be the best, at belowthefoldio or belowthefoldio. Question number two. This one comes from Silvio Evert. And uh, I picked this one out because I think Brandon probably has a pretty good perspective uh, that I know of. Pax, you might be able to uh, uh, chime in here. Um, Silvio asks, what WordPress plugins are a must for any website? Um, I would say any type of caching plugin. So W3TC, I believe, is a really popular one. One that I like even better is WP Supercache is a really good one. Uh, Yoast SEO, I think if you're at all serious about SEO for your WordPress website, it's just a no-brainer. It's free. You can. It's always updating. You can do a lot of cool stuff. And I'm trying to think of other plugins. What about like... Um, There's like what? extensions I use, like MailMunch, for example, oh, or yeah. SumoMe, which are both free services to collect emails. Yeah, I'd put, I'd put that in the same category for sure. Um, Olark is actually one that I just got installed. I have been testing out Intercom, which 
So you're talking about plugins that uh, allow for live chatting. Yeah. That's that, what Olark that's, does. Yeah, Olark does that. So yeah, I've been testing out Intercom and Olark, and I actually really am, am liking Olark just because they're so much cheaper, and it's like exactly what we need. So how often are you getting people wanting to chat you up on Olark? Uh, well, we, I, so I just put Olark live like literally three hours ago oh. <laughs> on our site when it was intercom. So it was mainly the, the problem with intercom or it wasn't necessarily with intercom with anything. Most of our, the people that visit marketcampus.com are international. And so they're in completely different time zones. So many times I'd wake up and there would be like 40 chats of people being like, Hey, I have a question with that, about this. And they would kind of assume I didn't really have it set up wisely where if nobody was like actually at a computer, like it's it made it displayed. feel like it was live. Yeah, it didn't tell them. Olark was very easy to do that. I know you can do that on, on intercom, but but uh, yeah, right now it's a lot of uh, Indian uh, people specifically like in those countries over there. A lot of people from India are interested in learning digital marketing, huh? Indians are just good about learning, period. Like they are extremely receptive to education which i love that mindset and i think that's one thing i like about that area is just they're always looking to learn looking to get better whereas i think here in the states it's very easy to become complacent with where you are and not try to evolve and you kind of just assume that you know more than those around you so i'm on your website right now and i see that olark is running we we aren't online right now (laughs) <laughs> but leave your questions below, and a member of our team will get back to you ASAP. Tweaking with the wording. <laughs> uh, it's just barely after 5. What are your uh, chatting hours? Chatting hours are whenever anyone is working. So I'll probably soon just be getting someone to you should manage give me all that I'll, stuff. I'll, I'll answer people's questions. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, do you have any packs, any uh, WordPress, pl- WordPress plugins you would recommend? No, I don't think so. That about covers it. Good. Uh, here's a fun one from Stephanie Kiyoshi. What keeps you up at night? Everything. <laughs> Are you sure this wasn't a email like personal between you and you and them? <laughs> like she's trying to flirt with me or something? Yeah, she just wants to know, hey, I noticed you're up at night. What uh, keeps you up? I noticed that, that the little green dot next to your chat on, on Gmail <laughs> is, is always on. What, what's keeping you up, man? Brandon, what keeps you up at night? Um, I think for any uh, entrepreneur, it's just your business. Uh, just thinking like no matter, and I've talked to many entrepreneurs, extremely successful ones who have millions and millions of dollars in revenue every year. And it's the same story. Like it, it's a theme that just doesn't go away apparently. And the best way to describe it is you feel like you're balancing a glass castle while in the middle of an earthquake and you're just trying to like, Make sure everything stays together. So um, I had someone tell me that, and I'm like, that's a pretty good analogy of how you feel. So some nights I, I sleep fantastic, but it's easy for me. I'm always hard on myself, so I'm always thinking, like, we're not good enough. we got to do better about this and, and whatnot. So that's what keeps me up at night, hmm. primarily. Pax? Boy, I don't know. <laughs> Paxson sleeps like a baby. I don't know. This guy, he wakes up at 5 o'clock every morning. So Honestly, I am asleep. Every single night, with, like within two minutes of my head hitting the pillow, if not sooner. What uh, what time do you go to bed? Uh, I, I used to go to bed at like 9.30 or 10. And now, because the you know we got a kid, 
when he goes to bed, like, you know, Elise wants to stay up. So we go to bed like around 12. And you still wake up at five? I wake, well, I'm wake waking up. Probably five well, I wake up at like six right now. No, no he so sleeps through the night. You're, you're sleeping the in night. then. I usually, yeah, wake up at about six. So oh, that's I part of the reason why I fall asleep so quickly. <laughs> uh, do you guys read um, for fun? I don't think you do, right? I like, only you, books. You don't, Paxton, you don't read non or you don't read fiction. Yeah, I don't read fiction. <laughs> Brandon, did you say books? Yeah, yeah, books. Do you read? <laughs> books? I read like <laughs> blogs and articles and whatnot. Like I don't like crack open a book and like sit in a corner now. Uh, sit in a corner. <laughs> that's, that's the, the only, only place, place you can read books. <laughs> yeah, uh, not see, one of those guys. No, not at all. I just started reading the Wheel of Time series. Have you guys heard of that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I say just, I mean, they're huge. I started like two weeks ago. I'm still in book one, but that's, what's been keeping me up at night. Let me tell you what keeps me up at night. Sometimes, uh, when I go domain shopping, I will go for hours and hours and hours thinking about potential business ideas just based on what domains are available. Tell me how many domains you own besides Utah cleaners. I just, I just (laughs) purged my account. So right now I have six. I've had up to 20 domains before. So you were paying for 14 other ones and just now... I just let them go. Yeah. What What are some of those? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I, I'm, I'm going to... I don't... So one of them was Marketing Like a Man. Uh, no, it was mar- Market Like a Man. I remember hearing about org that one. And MarketLikeAMan.net. So I can go buy those up right now? Yeah, go buy them. They're all yours. Uh, make millions yeah anyway that's funny okay well that's a q a segment for you thank you jared silvio and stephanie for your questions uh again if you want to submit any questions or comments uh hit us up on twitter over the next couple weeks and then um our email will be back up and running uh, after that twitter below the fold io okay so let's get into uh, what we really want to dive in here. Um, it was suggested that we pull an article off of inbound.org for our main discussion today, and it'll probably we'll probably hijack the discussion a little bit, uh, taken into different directions. Uh, but Brandon, why don't you introduce us to the article and tell us why you think it's worth talking about? So this was an article that, as of you know. We're recording right now. This it was, uh, I believe, it's still at the top of Inbound, and it was an article by I'm sure I'm going to butcher her name, Nina Stepanov. Could be way know. off. I, but, I, think, uh, I think Nina is probably pretty close to what it actually is. Yeah. Well, I'll just call her Nina. <laughs> and uh, so she wrote this article. She works at. Uh, she's in marketing over at HubSpot slash Inbound. Uh, working with them. And the article is about starting your market. The the title is starting your marketing career. What happens after the degree? And when I first saw it, I like two thoughts went through my head. Like either it's like, Oh, it's just another article where people are saying like, do you need a degree to be successful in in marketing? Uh, And the other thought was, Oh, as I started kind of skimming it, I'm like, Oh, this is some fresh college grad trying to, give us, you know, some advice and whatnot. And, and many of those I read and they just end up being very bland and, and generic. 
And I was actually pretty impressed as I read through it. Have you guys had a chance to I did read, read through, through it? it. I didn't get you 100% bet. of the way through, but I will say this. It is a major compliment if Brandon is giving you props for graduating from the university. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, so it was a really good article. Some of the things that stood out, and I'm sure they'll come up as we continue to discuss, but um, or I guess stepping back, what she's what she's writing about is basically saying, like, here's the things that you need to be successful in marketing. And she never even really talks about her degree other than she graduated. Um, I forget from what Northeastern University. There we go. Northeastern University. And uh, two of the things that really stuck out to me, I really like the introvert slash networking part. That's, I thought of you, actually. That stood out to me because introvert. I consider myself an introvert. And I have noticed as I've really tried to step outside my bubble, go to more networking events, it does make a huge difference, especially in terms of your uh, job opportunities and prospects. Like if Market Campus were to go completely under tonight and I needed a job immediately, I'm 99% certain I could have a full-time job with by Monday easily, like if not tomorrow, just because there's so many people that I've been able to meet who have great companies and they, you know, they get to like me and, and what I'm doing. And I would have never had those relationships had I not stepped outside my bubble and, and actually network with people. And I get you can network to an extent online and in communities like inbound Twitter discussions, but there's just something different about meeting people in person and really getting to know them. So that was one I really liked. And then the other point she made was uh, confidence, which I thought was really interesting as well, just because she, she basically says that you, you need to believe in yourself in this job. And, you know, I think we all know marketers who are super, super good people, person, people, per people, 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 people. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I've never actually worded it that way. People, people. And then there's people who are, you know, good marketers, they understand it, but then they very they, they struggle a lot with the actual communication part. And I think sometimes, I mean, sometimes it's just their personality and that's fine. But I think often we, we know a lot, but then we get easily intimidated by others. And I just noticed that as I become more and more confident in what I do and what Market Campus offers, it just becomes so much easier. And I think that shows to people. And, you know, when I was at 97th floor, I felt the same way. Like when I was talking to a client, it was awesome because I never had to really lie. Like I could say with confidence, like we will be able to help you. And so it made us, it made it very easy to sell when you believe in what you're doing. And I talk to people all the time who are at agencies, um, you know, as one scenario who are great marketers, but they don't believe in their company 100%. And they admit, yeah, there's, you know, there's this I don't like about my company and there's this, there's this. They're not 100% confident in their company. And I think that shows to clients whether you think it does or not if you don't have confidence in what you do. So confidence was a big thing for me. But I'll shut up now and let you guys kind of chime in. So there was uh, one point, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago where we recorded an episode about whether or not an education is necessary to succeed in digital marketing. You guys remember that? Yep. Yes, sir. So that episode got lost. It did get uh, lost. My computer got all screwed up and we, I say we, it was, it was me. I made the mistake of only having one copy of the episode and I had to restore my computer. So we lost that one episode. But what's interesting is there were a lot of points that we talked about on that episode that you'll never hear. 
that were brought up uh, in this article, which is really interesting. In her first opening paragraph, uh, she talks about how she has this degree from Northeastern University, but uh, that, that uh, um, so let me actually read from this. She said, I recently graduated from Northeastern University with a Bachelor's of Science in Business Administration and a dual concentration in marketing and entrepreneurship. All of that, except the Northeastern University part, means pretty much nothing when it comes to my per- professional career in marketing. Uh, and we talked about that. You go to her second paragraph, and she talks about how uh, basically it doesn't matter what de- what you got your degree in, uh, the, uh, the fact that you have a degree means that you have made associations and um, networked with people, um, period. And, that, and that's one of her points. If you go down below, one of the things that a successful marketer needs is a network that's willing to go to bat for you. Um, my understanding of this is that going through university, and I remember Paxton bringing this point up, just by going through college, you build relationships with other people that can uh, set you up for success in any career, not just digital marketing, uh, which is one of the biggest benefits of going to college. Uh, the conversation we had was was mostly talking about whether you do it or not, and we kind of battled it out on on which side you were on. Brandon does not have a degree, and he's very successful. Uh, Paxton and I both have degrees, uh, and I think we're both successful. Um, we'll you know we'll come back to see who gets a little, who gets farther in, in five to 10 years. Uh, whoever hits a million first. Yeah. Whoever hits a million first, if you've got a degree, that's the way that you should have gone. Uh, anyway, what I, what I really want to do is break down, uh, each, uh, piece or section of her article. Uh, she starts, if you want to be successful marketer, you need, and the very first thing is as much experience as you can get, um, without, uh, well, let me just throw it out. When she says you need as much experience as you can get, taking her uh, perspective out, uh, what do you guys think? That's her, that's her number one thing, getting as much experience as you can get. I agree. For me, that's number one in terms of hiring. Uh, I care less about whether or not you went to school, what you studied, what your grades were, and more about what the people who apply have done. And uh, that's usually the number one piece of advice I give to People who ask me what they need to be competitive at 97 floor, uh, I just say, do something, you know, like show that you are not only able to learn about digital marketing, but that you can actually apply the things that you've learned. So it can be anything as stupid as starting a blog and just getting some people reading what you're doing uh, all the way to uh, help help doing some work for free for your uncle about, you know, and just learning the basics of how this stuff works. Because that is such a great qualifier of someone's personality. Not only shows that they have the digital marketing chops, but it, I think it's a great filter for those people who it kind of weeds out the people who need direction and someone to hold their hand through something, which is not typically what we're looking for at, at, my, at my company. So uh, we want people who are able to take control and just find solutions. And nothing shows that quite as well as doing something on the side when no one's making you do it. Some people think that, you know, like a school project fulfills this, and in some ways it does, but in my eyes, I don't really count that as much. Because um, most of the time it's like group yeah. assignments. Yeah, they could, they and could, you could be the one guy who, who, who sat on the side and did nothing but still got credit for the and, assignment. And honestly, even if they weren't, even if they were like the alpha of the group leading the group forward, in the end, they had the motivation of, I have to do this to get the grade 
right? And so I don't know 100% that they would have been able to do that if no one was pressuring them to do it. What about the pressure of getting a job? So you say that in getting a job, you look for people who are proactive in doing these kind of uh, side projects that get them the experience. What if that's their motivation? Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, it's not a perfect filter for sure, but it's something I look for. Yeah. Um, so when you talk about doing like a blog or, or whatever, in some cases, I think that that experience is more important than the education that they have. Right. Uh, I look at Brandon. Um, Brandon doesn't have a degree, but if you look at his, um, his repository of <laughs> resume. Yeah. His resume. If you look at his resume and his, his repository of side projects, he has Provo Buzz, which he did on the side while working at 97th floor. He has uh, Market Campus, which is kind of the, the you know, upfront uh, main project that he's working on. But then he also has Startup Ignition. What else are you working on? Well, Startup Ignition, we're part, we have a skills association and they're one of the skills schools. association. That's right. Yeah. He has so many things. It's, it's really hard to even keep track of them all. <laughs> I uh, even forget. But yeah, some, and I, I, I mean, he's always experimenting on things. Don't forget Vegas Hut. Oh, Vegas Hut. Love Vegas Hut. <laughs> Wait, what's what was that? <laughs> what's Vegas Hut? You know Vegas Hut? I don't remember. It's his Instagram account that he's going to build up and sell for millions. Oh, has he done it? Have you done it yet? How yeah. many followers do you have on Vegas Hut now? Uh, I want to say like twenty five thousand, something like that. Twenty five thousand. Nice. My goal you... is to get at least fifty, ideally a hundred. Have you been reaching out to any hotels yet? No, I figure it's pointless. Are until... you still active on that? Because I haven't seen anything about Vegas. Hut. Let me tell you about I an I app. Followed him. You should get on Collaborate. Oh, I think I've heard of Collaborate. Yeah. Wait, maybe I'm thinking, no, I'm thinking of Co Everywhere. <laughs> Different <laughs> They one. both start with a C, yeah. so he gets confused. So it's Collaborate, and the eight is a letter, number eight. Um, and it just is a shopping place for brands to find influencers. Mm. So you just go on there and say, hey, I'd be willing to pimp out your product uh, in exchange for free products. Free nights. At- or, or money, you know, you can charge. Free nights at uh, South Point. Mm. I mean, there are, there are a million like that, but... Uh, collaborate yeah you got to get on there man because vegas that's a hot hot topic or a hot what do they call that a hot button item or something <laughs> i think we need to dedicate an episode to how he built that audience it is a hot yeah market. It, it'll take 10 seconds less, <laughs> less than 10 seconds uh he used instagress boom <laughs> there is, is that it is that really it? that is probably 90 percent of the growth that's right so are you still putting money into instagress for vegas hut uh-huh it's just ongoing yep that's awesome. And they've actually gotten more sophisticated now, so I have to do even less. Oh, that's awesome. So anyway, Actions. my point is uh, a lot of this stuff and the podcast. The podcast is a side project for Brandon. Most of these things, I say most, I could be wrong, but most of these projects he's doing, uh, he's not making money from. But uh, money isn't, what's more important than money making from these side projects is the experience gained yeah. uh, and the relationships made through the, the side projects. Uh, some, some of the time Brandon does projects, I keep, uh, picking on Brandon. Uh, <laughs> I've been saying good things about him, but not everything he does, uh, turns to gold. He does not have the Midas touch. Nope. Uh, he's, he's, uh, done several YouTube, uh, channels that <laughs> he's kind of given up on after a few. Wait, is, uh, is on the rocks one of those? On the rocks is one of the projects that I don't on know. On the rocks is technically episodes. market campus. And I'm working to bring it back because it's hilarious how many people like email, like I've never even heard of them. 
they're just like, I loved On the Rocks. And I'm like, really? You watched that? Like, that was forever. <laughs> that was three episodes we did. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but, but I, that's there not was, the there only was YouTube Tech done. Audit TV. Yeah, Tech Audit TV. Which, uh, I think there was what, one episode? I think we did, I, I did three of those. But, but if you're looking at someone's resume, this is, that's one of the things that I would look for is someone who, uh, despite the fact, like their idea, like he has this idea and he just runs with it. And then even if he loses interest, that's okay. He's still trying new things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, so as much experience as you can get. Um, well, and I will add a lot of people, especially when you're fresh out of college, their big frustration is they view, I think they have a wrong definition of the word experience. And I think Paxton hit on that. It's you, you see it all the time. Entry level position. We require, you know, one or more years of experience. And they immediately think that that must mean professional experience. Like, oh, I'm not professionally employed by someone. But like uh, Paxton mentioned earlier, you could be at a series of companies and quote unquote, be a part of a bunch of cool projects, but you don't actually know as the hiring manager, if that person was involved or if they were the person that was the slacker on the team. And and that's why they're not there anymore. There's all these different things. So I'm a big fan of solo projects like Jacob mentioned, because that is where you're able to shine, whether they fail or succeed, you still look like every single thing I've done that I have quote unquote, failed at or just given up on, I still learned a bunch. Like most of my knowledge, especially when it comes to like web design is from completely screwing up and uh, failing at it. But I'm able to demonstrate that knowledge in interviews or, or whatnot to get the job. And I think that's what people really, so Vegas Hut was one of those projects. Like if someone walked in with Vegas Hut and they're like, oh yeah, I use this and here's how I did it that already sounds way better than a degree because they're doers and we're in an industry full of talkers. So doers really stand out. So let me tell you something about Instagress. Uh, we've talked about this on the show, but uh, I used it for a little bit for our below the fold Instagram account. Just to kind of try to, I just used the free trial. I didn't put any money into it. Um, uh, and I, what, the free trial is what? Three days. I think in the three mm-hmm. days we, we got close to 300 followers. Uh, since then we've dropped down to 217 and we've kind of just been sitting there. Uh, but I will say this, when you use Instagress, uh, 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 and you're targeting marketers, which we are, it doesn't work as well. But when Brandon uses Instagress for like Vegas hut, uh, he's getting, he's getting people who have no clue that they're being played. So <laughs> the engagement level is through the roof, but, uh, and Paxton, um, he had mentioned this Instagress in a digital marketing world is you targeting other people who use Instagress and your, your bots are just interacting with each other. So I would say my experience with Instagress was negative in that it didn't feel real. Every comment I got, regardless of whether or not it was authentic, felt fake to me. Um, but I've seen Vegas Hut's um, account and the engagement you can tell is real and people are excited and they're tagging all their friends uh, because they either just got back, back from Vegas or they're heading to Vegas next week and they're really excited about it. I grew up in Vegas, so I don't get the excitement there, but uh, some <laughs> people get really excited about it. You, you grew up in Vegas too. I, yeah, I did. Are you excited about going to Vegas ever? Nope. No. <laughs> no. Anyway, Instagram, use it, don't use it, whatever. See what you're saying. Okay. Where are you getting these images on Vegas Hut? Uh, I just repost them from other accounts. So now, like, I usually just have people submit images which is really nice. I like usually, users submit images that they'll, they they'll took take a while po- they're at Vegas? Yeah, they'll either tag Vegas Hut in it or they'll send like a direct message and say, hey, could you post this? No way. 80% of them are crap, but oh well, yeah. Um, you filter through and usually you have like your 
six or seven photographers who are really good. So I just use the repost app to, well, now, yeah, they kind of change it. So on every single Instagram post, you just press those three little dots. You get the Instagram URL for that specific post, throw it into repost, and then it will repost. So it. you're reposting Instagram pictures that people put on their own Instagram, but tag you wanting you to repost. Yeah. Or I'll just find, like a lot of times I'll find stuff that I, that we weren't tagged or I wasn't tagged in and it, uh, I'll still give them credit. So as long as I give credit, like every photographer has been super excited, like, Hey, thanks for reposting. So the ROI for that account specifically is huge because there's no original content. It's just reposting. Whereas I use Instagress for market campus and the growth is good, but not near as good as, um, Vegas hut because the product isn't as visual. And like you said, there's mark, you're kind of marketing to marketers or tech savvy people. So yeah, that's Instagress. It's a, it's a cool tool. Definitely worth checking out. Man, I'm really impressed. Uh, how much time do you spend on for Vegas hut each week? Probably, uh, five to 10 minutes. Max, man, I can't wait for that to start monetizing. I'll get you uh, some free hotel rooms once I get the hookups. <laughs> Can I get that in writing? <laughs> <laughs> you have it in audio right here. Okay. Uh, Pax, do you think that'll hold up in court of law if we ever get that far? Yeah. I'll okay. just ask for multiple rooms. <laughs> it's like we're going to like bunk in the same bed or anything like that. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> uh, okay. Coming back to the article. The second thing is uh, uh, in order to be a successful marketer, uh, you need a network that's willing to go to bat for you. Any experiences there? Thoughts? Well, yeah, like uh, you mentioned in our past conversation that unfortunately never hit the air. College does provide some really good networking opportunities. Um, and I know we were going back and forth on some differences and whatnot. And I would agree. So like college, I think college is like any way that you're learning is a good thing. Like there's no bad thing. That's just, it's not like you go to college and it's like you are now dumber than you were when you went like you still improved and in many different areas regardless of what you were studying um i'm looking at it more with the roi especially with today when there's so many like meetups and whatnot so i think you can get it's like i could buy the top of the line lawnmower and probably have a really good experience or i could buy a cheap one and at the end of the day my lawn still mowed and it looks pretty good one of those was just a little bit nicer but it was also a lot more expensive so i look at the roi and say, if you want to accomplish like the network type stuff, definitely like regardless of whether you went to college, you've got to get into like wherever you live. There's there's probably at least one marketing event that's going on, whether it's yearly, monthly and just get involved and meet people because that's how they're like the your college friends aren't always going to bat for you versus the other professional marketers that you meet, the other entrepreneurs. They're the ones that are actually seeing what you're doing and they're much more likely to bat for you. And a lot of times they're free. So how have you guys built your current network? What would you say has been the biggest contributor to that? For me, uh, I mean, starting a business and then, you know, Provo is obviously very entrepreneur and startup friendly. So just I've met so many people since uh, starting Market Campus that and, and I guess it's a different audience. It's not necessarily marketers, but uh, it's just plugging myself into like super um, popular networks like One Million Cups meets every Wednesday here in Salt Lake and in Provo, and that's great. And then uh, the one thing I've actually lacked in is marketing-specific events. Like I know we have SLCSEM, which is a good event. I haven't been good about going to those. 
But uh, yeah, for me, it's the startup market. Uh, my network, have you guys read the book um, Tipping Point, The Tipping Point? Malcolm Gladwell? I've not read I've it, heard but the I've highlights. Read, read some summaries, yep. So he talks about uh, the tipping point, basically meaning uh, that, that point at which something catches fire, right? So if it's like a, a digital marketing campaign, what's that one thing that tipped it over the edge that made it go viral? And uh, he says in kind of like real-world marketing scenarios, uh, it takes uh, a combination of one or more of uh, of three different types of people, and that's a maven, a salesman, and a connector. And some people fall into multiple, some people fall into none, some people fall into one. <clears throat> and uh, uh, historically, I've always been a connector myself. When I got married and had kids, it kind of dampened a little bit. But I was always the guy people would call, like in college, people would call me up and say, hey, what's going on tonight? Because I was plugged into everything and, and I could just list off what this group of people were doing, with what this people were doing. Uh, I haven't been as connected um, in my professional career, but my network basically has been the same uh, it's, it's been for years. That's why I did a podcast with a guy that, with, with a few guys that I've been, that have been in my network for years. Uh, as far as building up my new network, it's very slow going. Basically right now it's, uh, I get a new job every two years and I just keep the contacts that I made <laughs> while I was at that job. Yeah. And, well, and, uh, on top of that, which, which this may sound a little silly, uh, the vendors that I choose and that I work with, uh, are my, uh, reach or that's how I, I get outside of my, my small little circle. So just in the last year, I picked up uh, Chris Daly uh, with Daily Conversion. Uh, he's been on the show. Um, AJ Wilcox. I just went to lunch with him today, uh, and and we, we chatted up. It was a great conversation, and 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 um, and my network expanded there. Um, oh man, what are some other vendors? They're all vendors that I've that I've hired and that have done work for me, and and we've built a relationship. Uh, Brigham Dallas, who's currently in Spain. Uh, I've worked with him for a few years, but. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm more of a loyalist, you know, where when I have the people that I need in my network, uh, I stick with them until I find a gap in, in some, uh, there's some hole in my own expertise or that none of my vendors or connections can, can meet. Then I reach out and find someone else that can fill that gap. And I just, I remain loyal to that one person. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, that's, it's very different than Brandon. Brandon is, it's funny. He says he's an introvert. This is probably the, as far as word count goes, the most he's ever talked in, a, yeah. in an episode. <laughs> um, uh, but he's been forced, he's been forced uh, to become a networking genius. Uh, that might be going a little too far. Ooh. But, Ooh. Uh, but he's expanded his reach, I know, a hundredfold, if not more, uh, ever since starting Market Campus. Um, and I'm just riding on the coattails of his success. Uh, what, about, what about you, Pax? How do, how do you go about building your network? Man, you know, I don't actively build my network. I kind of just am super passive about it. I, my network grows as 97th floor alumni grows. Uh, you know, people come and work for us. I get to know them well. I work with them and then they leave and then I still maintain that connection. And <clears throat> so there's that. Um, I, I connect with our clients and I build connections around the world that way. And I still am in touch with some people who are no longer clients, but, you know, we built good relationships that way. And then when I go to conferences, 
sometimes I just connect with some personalities and they just become friends. But it's definitely not something I'm actively trying to do in any way. And uh, I think I could be better at it. I just... Uh, do you want to be better at it? Uh, or are you at a point where it's like, I'm I'm good? No, I think that I could have a benefit from, you know, a big network. It's just not my personality to go out and make connections just for the possibility that someday they may be able to benefit me. And so I feel much more comfortable with a very organic approach to it. But it's definitely not going to give me the best ROI. Networking can be awkward. Have you come across any awkward? I, I'm looking at Brandon because he's yeah. the one who's actively networking right now. Yeah, how do you get past that that awkwardness? Because you're, I mean, you're trying to sell Market Campus, so you're you're a sales guy. You're taking people to lunch. You're doing you're doing meetups. There's there's got to be awkward moments where people are like, like you know, you get past the chit chat at lunch, and then all of a sudden there's that seven second silence, and then all of a sudden everyone's just like, okay, we should probably talk about business. Uh, <laughs> what do you want from me? Yeah, I don't know. Like, so I'm still, I still think I have a lot of work to do because if there's no one that's necessarily actively talking to me, then I'll usually just head out of the meeting uh, after the event. Fortunately, usually everywhere I go, I always have a couple people come up to me, whether they remember me from before, or they just heard about Market Campus, for example, and they want to ask questions about that. Um, but yeah, you kind of have to learn. I don't know, because there are people where they're just awkward people and it's like you've got to like master like how do you end a conversation like because some people just don't catch a hint the the most awkward part and i think everyone deals with this is you have like i i just spoke last week at a uh, event called youtuber nation and i was speaking on like expanding your reach beyond youtube and then i would you know naturally people like want to come up and either congratulate the speaker or they have a couple specific questions or they want to learn more about what they do and so you kind of have this like line almost that forms but then you always have like the one or two guys that yeah. just talk your ear off and, and and maybe you're having a one-on-one conversation and someone comes up and you can tell they want to talk to you, but then this person just keeps talking and they don't really catch the hint. Like for me, when I see someone walk up and I'm talking to the speaker, I'll usually just, Hey, here's my card. You know, let's stay connected and let's keep this conversation going type thing. Like cards are a very easy way to end the conversation. It's like, this sounds good, man. Well, Hey, let's keep, uh, what was your name again? What's uh, your name again? That's your name, the Jose? worst thing you can do. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm horrible. I never remember people's names the first time. So I usually it's like, "What's your name again? Do you have a card? Here, cool. Here's mine. Let's keep the conversation going." And then I didn't know you had cards. You want one right now? Yeah, I do. All right, I'll yeah, get you one after the show. <laughs> I'll sign it for you, even. But Whoa. yeah, it, it's yeehaw. It's just practice, I guess. Like I would not call myself a networking expert. I think I'm still horrible at networking compared to other people I know. But do you wait for people to approach you? Like if you see someone and you're like, "Oh man, I'd love to talk to them." Do you like, are you comfortable enough to like walk up into a circle of four people? They're actively, you know, conversing with each other and you just kind of force yourself into the conversation? Um, sometimes I I'm doing it slightly more than I have before, but like or do you, you said, just stand outside the, time, the circle waiting for someone to see you and they just like open up a little bit so you can kind of <laughs> fit in there? Probably more of that. <laughs> Um, oh i hate that oh, yeah i, I don't like i'm not that. the type because i have people walk up to me especially like this one event mil, one million cups if i feel like i'm at byu where everyone's just like excited to meet new people because that could be their future spouse or whatnot oh my but you'll gosh. just be sitting in a chair <laughs> i, I had the opposite experience at byu <laughs> but like entrepreneurs all the time because like again like when you're getting together with entrepreneurs almost everybody in there is also wearing the sales hat and so they're looking to connect and 
have some sort of business opportunity. So people will come up all the time. Hey, my name's so-and-so. What's yours? Uh, I'm Brandon. Cool. What do you do? And then I tell them, and then you got to ask, well, what do you do? What are you up to? And then sometimes they're aggressive and they actually want to sell you, or they're just, they want to tell you about their business and whatnot. And then it's always the awkward ending of like, okay, cool. Okay. Last, last question about networking. When you are in a conversation with someone that you just do not want to talk to, Mm -hmm. like you are just so bored or so annoyed or whatever, uh, how, how do you get out of it? Is it your card trick? You just say, Hey, you got, yeah, usually like at that point I will, uh, I'll just, I'll just reach my hand out and shake their hand and say, Hey man, what was your name again? Like if I know them, sometimes (laughs) you get rid of them. What was your name again? Sometimes it's the same person. Like we, we know each other. And so every time they see me, they just like run up to me and start just boom, 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 boom questions. Which so you have someone in mind? I have, what's, what's, I have, what's I have a group name? of people. I won't, three people that you I just don't say, want to talk I, to I right bet now. I can guess at least two of them. <laughs> I won't say anything because who knows if they listen to the show or not. But there are, I think everyone has people like that where they just kind of like attach themselves to you, which is fine, but it can get annoying to an extent. So at that point, I usually just start giving very short answers and it's just like, all right. Yeah. Well, you're doing the right thing, man. Good job. Keep it up. Let's, uh, email me if you have any more questions. So you're, you're just trick, kind of just your trick move is on. Just be condescending. Basically. Yeah. Cause <laughs> at that point it's like, dude, you're like disrespecting my time. So yeah. I'm not going to sit here and keep painting a smile. Like I could be meeting like valuable people who dude, good for you, man. Good for you. I love that about you. I love a lot of things about you, but that's one of them. Oh, thank you. Um, do you guys want to end now or do you want to uh there are two more points on this article that i think are valuable i'm fine with what, whatever. We sh- what we should say at the beginning of the show is uh we're planning on taking about an hour so let's go 2x on this episode you guys <laughs> <laughs> uh you want to wrap up pax all i want to say is i get the whole write more thing so she says uh uh at the end to be writing constantly. I, it's so hard to be in the industry and find good things to read. And so, I don't know. Don't write so much. Yeah. If you're not a great writer, stop. Yeah. And I, this is actually one of the only parts that I disagree with. I mean, try to find something unique to say. There's too much stuff that's been said a billion times. Well, at the top, she says, if you need to be a successful marketer, you need... And then you go down to that one, uh, you need to be writing constantly. And I 100% disagree. I'm not a writer. Uh, I don't particularly like to write. Um, And I do not think that you need to be a writer in order to be a successful marketer. If you want to be um, known better, if you want to be considered a thought leader, uh, if you want to be more well-known in the digital marketing industry, then writing probably is a little bit more important. But a metric to measure success for me would not be write constantly, right? I mean, how are we measuring success? Making a lot of money? Not needing to work after age 40? Sure. You know, whatever, you know, and you don't need to, you don't need to be a writer to do that. Okay. So again, if you guys want to submit questions, uh, topic ideas, if you want to just shoot the breeze, if you want us to uh, bring you onto the show, uh, uh, get in touch with us on Twitter. Uh, it's at below the fold IO and we'll look, we'll look for you there. Ba-dum. 